Okay, big, big football weekend here in Nebraska and conference championship matchups. With that, let's get straight into it. Okay, on Friday, Nebraska finally beat the Iowa Hawkeyes 24-17. First time. In the past seven matchups. Seven years. And then on Monday, it's official. Matt Rule is now the head coach here at Nebraska. Let's go around and give our opinions on those. Mark, I want to hear your thoughts on the Heroes game first against Iowa. So I think the last last game against Iowa was a good win, heading into a long offseason. Yeah, what do you think, Dylan? It was incredible watching it in the first half. 17 nothing going in. We dominated the line of scrimmage. I was not expecting that. Iowa looked like, I won't say it, but they, they were just not good. It's, it's, they're a top 10 defense, I guess you could say. They did not look like it. And they struggled to beat. They struggled against a 3-8 and eight Nebraska team that's been through so much crap this year. I'm just really impressed how we ended the year. It's a good way to end the year, get these seniors the first time they've ever beaten Iowa. And it's a, it's a big moment, and I'm very impressed. Like I said, we dominated the line of scrimmage. I never thought I would say that. Yeah, what do you think, Anthony? I mean, I was at this game, and it was dead silent the moment Trey Palmer had that 87-yard pass, and then Marcus Washington, and then next thing you know, we're up 24 nothing, And I think there are even some fans that might have been leaving the stadium there, but... Then I, other fans. And then Iowa started coming back, and I'm like, oh, boy, is this, is this what we're used to all year where we have a lead and we just can't maintain it? But then defense stepped up, four turnovers. I mean, that's really good. We only had one on the year, and that was a – I think it was a fumble. Offense played the offense that we've been wanting to see all year, took the time out of the clock, moved the ball, and it was just a good way to finish off the, a very disappointing season. Yeah, it's like it was like a deja vu from last year. We were up big, and all of a sudden, Iowa comes out of nowhere. Their offense just plays not like lights out, but they played better than they did the entire game, and it got close. But we decided the key thing is Scott Frost wasn't the head coach. It was Mickey freaking Joseph, and he, he took us, and we got that W. So Say Casey very went, impressed. Casey went 20 for 30. I think that's easily his best, his best, best game, game of the year. Of the year. Easily. 278 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions whatsoever. Trey Palmer, nine receptions, 165 yards and two touchdowns. Charlie, what are your thoughts on the Iowa game? Yeah, it was a, it was a fun game, I would say, especially the first half. That 87-yard touchdown pass, definitely uh, just first play of the drive. Definitely wasn't expecting that, but Trey Palmer's looked like he was pretty open down there. And, you know, he's just off to the races there. And then had, of course, another touchdown later in the first half. And at that point at halftime, Nebraska's up 17 nothing. And even then I was saying, you know, we need to go down and score here at the start of the second half. And that's exactly what they did, which ended up being a pretty big score. Uh, the 14-yard touchdown pass to Marcus Washington. And then, and I could kind of say, I'm, I didn't think I was gonna, Iowa was going to go down without a fight. Uh, and then just like last year, they start coming back and, get it to 24-17 with I think a little bit under six minutes to go but you know even then I was I was still confident they had the uh had their backup quarterback of course so then I, I was pretty confident that I was offense to struggle all year in that last possession that they had that Nebraska's defense I was pretty confident that they were going to get the stop and they were able to do that 
but yeah, like you guys have said already, four turnovers, pretty good performance. I hadn't even thought of, you know, only one turnover this season before that game. No, Is that what we, he said. No, it was one turnover. Oh, for the game. For the game? He yeah. said a, he said the entire year, but oh yeah, that's not what you meant. Okay. Oh, I did. Yeah, you did. Oh, <laughs> I was I was confused there. I was yeah, like, no, wow, it, that's no. not. No, that's yeah. not. No, I see. see. Casey Thompson has like eleven picks. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it was uh, you know, definitely good to see him win the turnover battle there. So it's a it's a good way to finish the season. And now, of course, we're going to get to it, uh, get into it here in just a second. Uh, but hire of Matt Rule, we'll see. Hopefully, now we'll get things moving in the right direction again. Yeah. So uh, the school here announced Matt Rule, new head coach of the Cornhuskers here. Sign an eight-year, seventy-two million, seventy-four, seventy-four million, ninety percent guarantee. That's a big, big deal, bigger than Scott Frost. Part of it is because of the Panthers buyout, but I say yeah. not the buyout, but they have to pay him. They have so to part pay. of it is that, or just like because he had that, a, so. I think he had a seven-year, sixty-two million, and he was like a top ten coach salary-wise. But future's looking bright. Dylan, you've been a fan here long enough. What do you think? I'm going to start with this first. We were talking about this back when Matt Rule got fired. Me and Charlie were saying we want Matt Rule wouldn't be a bad I'm hire. Glad, I'm y'all glad you included me. I'm glad you included me in there. Because y'all, you and Anthony and Mark said it would not be a good hire. Or I don't know if Mark said that. But I just remember Anthony said no. I was debating. I didn't know how I you, honestly you said felt. no. You said no then. I, said, I, I, I thought, literally remember. I thought it would be a different head coach. Well, yeah, we all thought it was yeah. going to be a different head coach because yeah. we didn't think Matt Rule would have been a good hire. But as the time has gone on through the year, we've, we've seen Lane Kiffin, Urban Meyer, Deion Sanders a few times. I mean, and some like uh, Lance Leopold and Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. I mean, that coastal coach that I still don't know what his name is, but he was on the list of yeah, candidates. Yeah, he was. Luke Fickle was even on the Luke Fickle, Bill O'Brien, all of these coaches. And I thought I've the one takeaway I got from the press conference was when Trev said they looked at 13 coaches, Matt Rule was 1A. He was the top of the list the entire time. I find that pretty interesting. Was that true? Who I'm assuming it was. I do think this is a good hire. In fact, a home run. But we have to keep Mickey on the staff. That's the biggest thing, in my opinion. Mickey's shown that he should stay. In fact, he's probably getting a few looks from some smaller head coaching jobs. I don't think he'd leave for a smaller head coaching job. Because he wouldn't have all of the resources he has here as a recruiter. So we need to hire him or keep him on staff. If we keep him on staff, I do think the Matt Rule hire is a a very good hire. And possible, like, quote-unquote expectations. It's kind of hard to say right now because we have seniors leaving. We don't know if some players are leaving for the draft or other than Trey Palmer. He announced that. I would have t- done that, too, when he broke a school record for receiving yards in a season easily so I guess like six and six is my baseline that's what I think should happen that's at least like not a f- my quote-unquote floor it's a my quote-unquote floor in my opinion with this if we keep some players that we should like Casey Thompson maybe O'Shawn Mathis and we have some good freshmen coming in like Malachi Coleman and Omarion Miller and just some players coming up and with the current schedule we have I see six and six is a floor. Realistically, seven to five, eight and four is my early prediction. But that's just that's just me sipping on the roulade. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I think this is a good hire, and I like what the staff is looking like so far. We don't have a defensive corner yet, but we have an offensive corner from Mike uh, Matt Sauterfield from South Carolina. 
and um, we have uh, some former NFL player uh, as our defensive lineman coach. We have some other guys. We have our special teams coordinator, running backs coach. So the the staff's filling up. So I'm really excited to see where this team goes over this off season, and we can reclaim our two time off season national champion. That's because last year we got that's because all of the transfer portal stuff. So I'm ready to claim that title. But yeah, I'm very excited. And um, yeah, what do you think, Mark? So I think this is a good hire for the future of the program. I think I think Matt Rule can be the coach that takes Nebraska back to its glory days. Maybe that's that's a far stretch, but you know I hope that Mickey stays. I think Mickey has shown that he can stay. Like Dylan said earlier, um, previewing next season, I think. A good expectation, or at least early prediction, would be seven and five and making a bowl game. Maybe not the best bowl game, but a bowl game. Um, I'm excited to play Michigan at home next season. I think that'll be one of the games to watch that weekend. And we can go too, so <laughs> that, <laughs> and, that's always a plus. And I'm excited for the Colorado game next season. I'm not familiar with the Nebraska Colorado rivalry, but it's as. Historians say it's probably one of the most heated rivalries we've ever had because we hate each other. Colorado fans are just some of the worst fans in college football. It's been said <laughs> not just from Husker fans; they're think, some of the worst. I think uh, from what, what from what I've heard, Colorado at certain points back when Nebraska was you know very good, very good, they would say you know it's a rivalry, and Nebraska's like you know we're rivals with Oklahoma here. We're not. We don't care about because Colorado. I mean, obviously, the it was still a rivalry, but I think Nebraska was probably more, you know, like who are these guys like at certain points? But I'm just saying, last time we played in Colorado, which was not that, that not too long ago, that was only fact, a couple years ago. Yeah, in 2019, I, yeah. that entire stadium was I think 60 percent of it was Husker red, and they limited tickets for Husker fans. So Husker fans went to Colorado and got tickets for them. <laughs> if so, Colorado, if it, Colorado hires some, Deion Sanders, who knows? I hope not. That will be a <laughs> yeah. That's going to be an interesting game either way. But, but if both teams, you know, both teams are going to have new head coaches, Husker fans will make that game a sellout. So <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's some other things to add in the Big Ten West preseason media poll, Nebraska was picked to finish fifth. Um, you know, Nebraska had some winnable games this season, I think. I think they could have beaten Wisconsin. We should have beat Minnesota. Yeah, that too. Should have um, beat Northwestern at the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, I think Mickey did a good job as much as he could for being an interim head coach after Frost was fired. Uh, Charlie, what do you think? What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I like the hire a lot. Uh, he was my top choice as soon as, even when, after Carolina fired him back, that was, I guess now, what, almost two months ago? They uh, back in September. Yeah, it was he. He was my top choice from the very beginning. I think what he's done at the college level is just really impressive. He turned Temple around. He turned Baylor around. Like full rebuilds. I mean, both those programs were not in very good spots. Temple uh, had just gone two and ten. Took and they them, just moved to the American. Yeah, that moved conferences, and then all you know took them to ten and four, and then Baylor one and eleven to eleven and one before they lost the uh, Big Ten championship, and then I think they lost their bowl game as well that year, but. It, it was quite a turnaround. They they were in the playoff conversation, even uh, rules last year at Baylor. Just really impressive job, what he did there. Um, he was not a good NFL coach, I'll say that, but as we've seen with certain coaches, some just better, NFL doesn't work. better at one, yeah, better at one level. And I think from what I've seen from Matt Rule, 
He's he's turned multiple programs around. I think this is a good hire. It's going to be a big challenge, I think, in the Big Ten, just because when you look at some of the teams that he'll be uh, going up against, USC, UCLA moving over, it's it's not going to be easy, but I think he's the right man for the job. Hopefully gets gets this program back to where it wants to be. Just before you go, I just want to say this. In 2024, when we have USC and UCLA come, Matt Rule, Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day. Lincoln but, Riley. Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly, all these coaches, Luke Fickle, all these new coaches – it's going to be one of the best conferences in the in the country, if not the best, Same. in my opinion. Let's so. just hope it lives up to the hype that it's receiving. So it just it just it just shows that Iowa needs an upgrade. <laughs> Iowa needs an upgrade big time. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has been not even Kirk. Kirk is fine. Well, but Kirk, like Kirk has been he's just been he's, he's been, been on been, that team since the late nineties. The like, big one is Brian. Brian needs Brian's to go. Brian's got to go. And I honestly, I just think it's Kirk's time to go. You see him on the sideline. He's I feel like he's just not into the games. He has but no anyways, emotion. Yeah, he's old too. Uh, yeah, he's really old. Uh, back to Matt Rule here. Let me defend myself and say why I... So at first, when we were talking about this, I didn't think he would be hired, first of all. And in my mind, the way that I see it was that he was kind of a program hopper. He only spent a Temple for like five years, went to Baylor, and then he was only there for three. So like for me, it was just like he didn't stay with the program long enough to make them... Because, uh, like, yeah, they were good programs when he was there, but after he left, there's none there. It's kind of like uh, LeBron, wherever he goes. Like, they were not really good, but he didn't stay with them long enough. And then a- and after he left, they're just downright bad. Anyways, what I really liked about the press conference, what he said, was that this was the right fit for him. And he, a team that he didn't grow up watching, but he grew up revering. And also that he expects the line of scrimmage to be really good. That's one thing that the Cornhuskers has been really struggling with these past few years. You look at teams like Iowa, Wisconsin. Possibly Minnesota. Minnesota. They're all farm boys, I feel like. Like, you look at the towns that Iowa, Sliman are from, they're either big cities who live in farming communities or they're just downright farm teams, like farm towns. They're built. These teams in the Big Ten West are built based on how we how they play on the line of scrimmage. That decides games in the Big Ten West. Now, like, he did say that, too, in the press conference, which it was, was, just, it was really, really good cool to hear, see. and he— has a team in this place. I just think the biggest problem so far of his hiring is where is Joseph? Because now we have an OC coming in. We have is he going to go back to receivers coaching or is he just going to be based on recruiting? The biggest problem is if Joseph leaves, there goes our recruiting, recruiting. our recruiting, and our whole receiver core. Because our receiver core next year is going to be probably our biggest strength of the team next year. You're looking. Malachi Coleman, he'll probably redshirt. Dakota Crawford is coming back. Marcus Washington, if he stays. Alante Brown, if he stays. Oliver. They're Wall- all not good enough to go to the next level. So. Not yet. But but now looking back on it, what he said, it's a good hire. He's fired up. He's ready to go. He had me willing, wanting to get football ready to start it. But uh, my expectations for the year, I mean, I say realistic, like what you were saying, Dylan, six and six, because like the big games. Michigan, Illinois, those are two big conference games that we're starting off Illinois with. Is. Well, it's still it's on the road though. The so thing is, the is the Big Ten West is unpredictable every year. I mean, Northwestern mm-hmm. has had teams from like in five years has gone to the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State, you never know with them. Maryland, they're looking, they're decent this year. We'll see what next year brings, and who knows with transfer portal and recruiting and all that stuff. So. Realistically, six and six is a good one. I see our floor being like a five and seven, and our our ceiling possibly eight and four. 
maybe nine and three. I think nine and three would be the ceiling. I think nine and three is our biggest. But it's ceiling. hard to say right now. It's it's just hard to say. I mean, the biggest loss I see is happening is Michigan when they play us here. Mm. But uh, that'd be a big matchup. Could be we could be a four zero going to that. Could be a four zero. Maybe looking at an upset. Uh, shifting the gears here, we're going to stay on here. Uh, Heisman and college football playoff predictions since this is conference championship weekend, uh, but now we're getting into the postseason play. So, Charlie, let's get into your Heisman and playoff candidates. So, for the Heisman, I think after last weekend, it's pretty clear that Caleb Williams is the front runner. Really impressive performances against UCLA and Notre Dame back-to-back weeks. We were talking about how this was a big chance at the end of the season for USC to make a statement and for Caleb Williams to make a statement against good teams. And that's what they've done for these past two weeks. He'll have another chance to add to that this week against Utah. Of course, USC also with a win now ranked number four should get into the playoff. But I think Caleb Williams is in a good spot. And then you can also, you could maybe make a case for some for some other people as well. I know uh, we, we were looking at kind of and I was as well looking at some lists of some of the other candidates. To me, it's not close, but Max Duggan is up there now and probably the top three should be going to New York. And then uh, C.J. Stroud maybe had a bad game, but we'll see what happens with that. I think Caleb Williams, though, is the is the clear favorite at this. And then, yeah, so for the playoff, rankings just came out last night. People were maybe wondering where USC was going to fall, but I had no problem with putting them in the top four, especially after Ohio, after Ohio State. Uh, lost big to Michigan at home. Michigan kind of ran away late, but it's still the best loss um, when you compare that to to some of the other teams up here. Uh, two, of course, top three are all undefeated, but then USC lost to Utah. So I don't know if that's going to have any say. I think USC at this point, they still need to win this week because I don't see them getting in with two losses. But the interesting thing for me is if TCU loses to Kansas State, you have TCU and Ohio State both with one loss. Let's just pretend USC wins, so that put them at three. And then you have that argument for the fourth spot between TCU and Ohio State. Both teams have one loss. Both teams don't have a conference championship. Ohio State probably has a better loss to Michigan. So I think that's going to be an interesting um, if that happens. So I, I don't know what what you guys would think about that, who would who you guys would put in if you— in that case, Ohio State, I, TCU's loss is much worse If in that case, in that hypothetical scenario. If they lost to K-State, who's only 9-3, and three, again, K-State's not bad, but it's still a worse loss than losing to Michigan, who arguably is the one of the best, maybe even saying the best team in the country. So, so yeah, I, was I mean— ta- I was talking to my mom about this uh, after Michigan won. It's like, you can make the case for them to go number one now, honestly, because— undefeated i mean they have a better schedule than georgia georgia has shown that they've struggled they've struggled years. in a lot of games maybe one game michigan has struggled in well maryland what do you mean by struggle because like, they've had a few where they i wouldn't say they just completely okay because like georgia only beat mizzou by four they beat kent state by like 10 by 10 not a lot they, they were beat str- kentucky by 10 there's they, yeah they beat kentucky by 10 they were up they won that only 16 to 6 uh, they were struggling against Georgia Tech early, but then pulled away. Like, just w- what's one game that, that you could say Michigan kind of struggled or had some troubles? So, like, by that, do you just mean, like, didn't blow out the opponent? Because I mean, they've had Maryland. some close games. I mean, I mean Illinois, Mar- Illinois. Illinois, Maryland. I don't know. 
There's I, I I'm not saying they're the best team in the country, but they've they can make a case. They got a case. So, but as you were saying, you know, if USC wins and TCU loses, where do you put say that? As you, I kind of agree with your take. Like Ohio State's loss isn't as bad as Kansas State loss, and they're still a good team. Remember that in the first half they were up at halftime and they just couldn't do anything in the second half. So they were in contention with them, but they just couldn't play a half of football. So I'd say I put Ohio State a four. Even if even if TCU were to lose close, you guys would still okay. Yeah, I mean I would too. I think they're better than TCU. Really, when you when you look at both, I teams. would say Ohio State would beat. I would even say Alabama, Ohio State, even Penn State might actually beat TCU. I think opinion. I think they would. Clemson won it, but no, but. We're not talking about the ACC. Yeah, ACC, you, you can't talk anymore. Say, so what would you do, Mark, in that situation? What was the situation? So let's say if TCU loses to K-State and let's say USC wins, they're, th- they're number three, mm-hmm. who would you take, TCU or Ohio State? I'd take TCU. You would take TCU over Ohio State? I would take TCU, being yeah. the minority here. I would okay. take TCU. Um, so my, my, my Heisman finalists, uh, Caleb Williams from USC, CJ, uh, Max Duggan as a finalist, I take my winner as CJ Stroud at this point, I think. Um, college football playoff predictions, I, in, the, in the final four, I have Michigan, Georgia, TCU, and USC. And then in the semifinals, I would have Michigan over Georgia. I just think they're better. And TCU over USC. And then in the national championship game, I would have TCU upsetting Michigan. Okay. What do you, what do you think, Dylan? That is a... Do you have TCU winning it all? Yeah. That is a hot take. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't think Michigan and Georgia would play each other in the semifinal. No, he no he had it differently though. He had Michigan number. One. Oh, I thought he said Michigan over Georgia in the semifinal. I did. wait. So what was your one, two, three, four again? Michigan, Georgia, TCU, USC. So, so Michigan be- would play USC and Georgia yeah. would play TCU. TCU. My finalists. Okay, so I'd say Caleb Williams. He's he's asserted himself as the clear favorite, and he he just went off. He in the last two games he's done incredible i say even the past five games in fact just the entire year i mean he's not struggled other than the oregon state game he played good in like all of them so i say i'm not really surprised oregon state and washington state were the only ones he had under 200 yards passing what was the other one i know oregon state but washington state washington state okay i mean he's been pretty good only three picks on the year and he has almost 3800 yards and 34 touchdowns that's pretty good i mean that's We've been like talking about who is the sh- like the clear front runner. We've been we've been debating CJ Shroud or Hennon Hooker, and both of them are now not the he- front runner, which is kind ironic. I still think Hendon Hooker. If Hendon Hooker won. was still healthy, he would be the clear favorite, in my opinion. It's, if you keep CJ Stroud's performances, Hendon Hooker would be number one. I mean, it's not, but he's injured. So it's it's really unfortunate, and his team's kind of falling off. So yeah, and then that that kind of brings up an, another point. Did you have, did you want to give your? Well, I, I haven't as well? finished. Oh yeah, you were yeah. still. <laughs> so Caleb Williams is obviously number one. Yeah. I'm not a Max Duggan believer. He's good. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not, but I don't think he's he hasn't played the same. In just my opinion, he hasn't played the same teams as like somebody like C.J. Stroud. That's his, I, I do think C.J. Stroud would be a finalist. He's going to New York. He's had a good enough year, in my opinion. Sure, the last like two or three games hasn't been good, but he's still a good quarterback. He's th- he is also throwing 37 touchdowns, which is tied for the most touchdowns in the nation with the Houston quarterback. So, I mean, 
He's still a good quarterback. It is unfortunate they did lose to Michigan, but he didn't look that good. But And then I'm going to put a non-quarterback in. Blake Corum was injured in this last game. Michigan showed that they can win without him. So I think B. John Robinson would probably make it to New York if if we we're going to pick at least one uh, non-quarterback. So I th- B. John Robinson, he's had incredible end of the year. He's one of the best running backs in the country, probably second or third. I don't know if you I think he'd be second behind Blake, but since Blake has been injured, I don't know if he makes it. And then he he's, he's just gone off against Baylor. He had 180 yards and two touchdowns. And he has 1500 yards, almost 1600 yards on the year with 18 on the entire year. So, I mean, he's a pretty good running back. I mean, he's one of the best. So, and on ESPN it says Stenson Bennett. I'm not a Stenson Bennett believer, so yeah. Okay, so was, oh, and then uh, my playoff. Sorry. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I talked a little too much on that. But uh, college football playoff. I think I personally think Georgia will be one, Michigan two. I don't see Michigan losing to Purdue, and then three will be TCU. I do believe they're one of the better. I think they're just gonna win, and four USC. That's just my prediction right now. I don't see USC losing to Utah. I it wouldn't. We, we'll get into this later, but I think US, USC's asserted themselves as a playoff contender, top four. So, yeah, those are my predictions. All right, so I think we all agree Caleb Williams is the unanimous frontrunner in this little group here. As I said earlier, you know, he's only had two games where he's thrown under 200 yards. I mean, you look at that UCLA, UCLA, UCLA game that he had, 470 passing yards in a game. I mean, he's been balling off these lately. I mean, he's been averaging. He's been averaging. I can't even. I don't know. A lot of. He's, he's averaging a lot of passing he's, yards. A lot of. It, say 65% on the year, almost 66. He's just been playing really well. I feel like he's been flying under the radar for a little bit. He well, reminds me a little bit. I mean, not as good, obviously, but a little bit kind of like how Jer- Joe Burrow won the Heisman. Of how he, Joe flew under the radar until he had an established win. Which I, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I could see Which it. possibly, I mean, it wasn't until UCLA that people were thinking Caleb Williams could be a Heisman candidate. Because Joe Burrow didn't really have his breakout until the Bama I, game. I think, but people knew. Joe he Burrow came out of nowhere. Like, Caleb Williams, people knew who he was. Like, Oklahoma. But he didn't. Then, but how I mean, he's, we, but he's came out of nowhere a little bit this season. I mean, I mean people he, have had no, people have had him in, like, the top four or five for Heisman. I mean, for a majority, I, don't think I, he hasn't I mean, been we were, in all year. I don't feel like. I, I feel like we've we've talked about it at least. I mean, I he's been on my radar for most of the year. I think just kind of. I, I remember we, one we, week we, I said that he's a dark horse. We just knew that because USC wasn't going to face real competition until the end of the year, and that's when he was actually going to have a chance to do it. And before that, I would say, yeah, Hendon Hooker and CJ Stroud were just playing because it was CJ Stroud, Hendon yeah. Hooker, Blake Horn was in it. We even talked about. Um, Drew Drew May out of oh, North Drake Carolina. May, yeah. Drake May out of him out of North Carolina. Yeah. I mean I regret saying anything about that, so yeah. <laughs> but I mean but but he, he he had a case until he couldn't win games and then Caleb is big games. Caleb's the only one healthy. I believe if CJ Stroud played a better game, played a better game against Michigan, he could win it. If Hen and Hooker stay healthy, he could win it. But since Caleb is healthy, he's number one. I'm saying CJ Stroud at two. I it's hard to say who's three and four, honestly. I don't know if this is the year where there's just three finalists because they're pretty much everyone got hurt. I don't know if I can say Max Duggan is a finalist. I've told 
I've said this many times, he's definitely a nominee, but I don't think he's a finalist. Just because I think the award is kind of a little bit biased of who's the best quarterback for the best or who's the quarterback for the best team in the country. Because I mean, well, I guess the past few years. The past few years, it's but Lamar Jackson when he won it, that team wasn't that good. I mean, they were nine and three when they that year, so or like ten and two or nine and threes. I mean, I just don't know how I feel. About this year, honestly, it just, well, I do agree. Max Duggan's not a finalist. It's just because everyone's hurt. I could say I could say Blake Corm is three. In my mind, he's possibly going to go. I mean, yeah, Michigan won without him, and he's been hurt. He got hurt last week, but he's still, in my mind, he's the best running back in the country. Don't get me wrong, B.J. Robinson is good, but there's been games where he has not played very well. And Blake, Blake, I feel like it's just a little bit more consistent. So those are my top three. And anyways, playoff predictions because we got to get rolling here. My top four, I'm going to go with Georgia at one because they're going to be LSU and LSU is still a ranked team. I have Michigan at two because they're not losing to Purdue. I think USC jumps TCU with a win over Utah. Oh, yeah. Because Utah I, is— I didn't even think about that. Utah's 11, and even though K- Kansas State is 10, I— I think Utah's better than K State. For sure. Well, yeah. But I don't, yeah. I mean, I just think if the, the committee is going to look at what they have in the rankings, they're not going to, because they, they always use what who they have and how they have them ranked below. That's true, though. To he, determine, he yeah, you say, determine I, I just, how they rank the teams yeah. at the top. I do see your point, but I think, yeah. But I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they jumped I don't, in, but I, think I think they, they can jump. Stay. And I think, well, yeah. I, I, I don't want to. But would you pick, put a one loss USC over no. undefeated TCU? No. no. But you do make, both of you guys do make a good point. I mean, USC beating Utah would probably be but a better win than it depends State, on how It depends on how these two and, games go. And it would be avenging the loss, one yeah. point loss at the same time, too. That took some balls for Utah to do, so. I mean, it, I, I it depends on how you, these, the the two te- these two games go, because let's say USC blows out. Utah. I'm just saying, what if USC blows out Utah and TCU wins by like what three? By three or one? Yeah, I mean, I'm still taking the team that's under. I'm rewarding the team that hasn't lost a game all year in that case. But that's just me. So yeah, I mean, you can argue that. And four, it's either going to be TCU or Ohio State, depending on how the Big Twelve Championship goes. All righty. So that was a long segment there, and we'll now transfer over into the conference championships. Welcome back to the last take. Now we're going to do the pick em. It's conference championship weekend. This is a big week. But first, I'm going to go over the standings. Uh, I'm now number one. I've pulled away. I am up by two with 79 points. Anthony's in second with 77. And Mark and Charlie are tied at third with 68 points. That was Mark. Uh, Charlie did a pretty good job. and got nine, nine of them right. Out of the last, oh, out, out of last week, I got eleven, right, and uh, Anthony got uh, ten, and then Mark got six. So, but out of how many games we did, say we did fourteen. 14. So I did pretty well. In fact, we we kind of all did pretty well. It's not too bad. So, but we're gonna get into the pick 'em here. The first game we're gonna go over is the Pac-12 Championship, the big one, number eleven Utah versus. Number four, USC at Allegiant Field. Who you got, Anthony? USC. I mean, 
you know, I've been high on this team all year long. I feel like, yeah, they lost to Utah early in the year, but Utah had some balls to go for two because they didn't get it. USC would be undefeated right now. And honestly, I think they would be the number three team in the country. So Caleb Williams, we just talked about him for a good possibly 10 minutes about he should be the Heisman winner, and he honestly deserves to be that offensive been dynamic all year long. Just watch out for the defense on USC's side. They're not as good as what some people claim to be, and Utah's defense is good. But um, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be an offensive shootout. But give me the Trojans. I'm going to go on the same way. I'm taking USC Trojans to make sure they get into the playoff. I think they're the better team. Like you said, it came down to a two-point conversion for USC to lose to Utah earlier this year. That's some serious balls by Utah. But I do think USC is going to come out victorious in this revenge game for the Pac-12 championship to propel themselves into the playoffs. So, yeah, give me the Trojans. I also have USC. I think USC has is going to assert itself into the playoff. What do you think, Charlie? So I think USC is the better team. I don't think they should have lost that first game. You'd like to think that they would avenge it here. Um, you guys all went with USC, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. But I, I still think I like USC. I think they're they're gonna make a statement here. I think they'll win. I don't think they'll blow them out, but. It won't. It won't be that close. I don't think. So, I think USC gets into the playoff. They've they've been been a good team all year. I think they'll they'll continue that this week. Okay, the next one. Let's be quick on this one. Conference USA Championship at the Alamo Dome. UTSA hosts North Texas. We got Anthony. Say, so I'm just looking at the stats. Both these offenses and defenses allow over 400 yards a game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Conference USA football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Texas, North Texas, seven and five right now, but six and two in conference play. So they just had a bit of a rough off schedule. And normally, this is the team that every big team goes to. UTSA, I believe they had a. They were ranked at the beginning of the year, weren't they? They are ranked in the AP top twenty-five currently. So. Okay, so sitting at ten and two, undefeated in conference play. Because the defenses are so bad, expect this to be a big shootout or. Maybe a defensive battle, maybe a close one. But give me UTSA. I, I think they stay undefeated in conference play. Yeah. I don't know much about these two teams other than I know that UTSA has a really good offense. I don't know much about North Texas. I know they play. They always have a tough non-con. They always play these top schools, so it makes sense that they're like 6-2 and two in conference, which is six of their seven wins. So um, I'm going to take UTSA. They're just better in I'm, my opinion. Uh, I'm picking UTSA. UTSA has not lost since September. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, they lost lost to Houston and Texas. Um, lost it. Eh, well, I guess the game against Texas wasn't that close. And then Houston at the time was ranked. I I think I remember calling them underrated. I don't know what's happened since then. Are they still? I guess they're seven and five. But yeah, I'll go with UTSA as well. I guess the, when these two teams played earlier in the year, UTSA beat them thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, so definitely could see North Texas playing with some motivation to get back at him here and win the conference. But from what I've seen, UTSA, they've just rolled through conference play for the most part. Uh, been challenged a couple times, but I think UTSA is the better team. So I'll, I'll take them to win this game. Okay. I believe College Game Day is going to this game. Yeah, they are. Okay. The Big 12 Championship, number 10, K-State Wildcats, led by Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn. 
take on number three TCU, Max Duggan. Who you got, Anthony? But I don't know. TCU undefeated right now. Max Duggan is playing very well. Quinton Johnson's got to have a big game for this. Will Howard, though, has been balling off these past couple of weeks. I mean, ever since he took the starting job over Adrian Martinez, he's been playing very well. He struggled against TCU, but remember, he was kind of thrown into it like every quarterback for TCU has done. It's where every court, every time TCU's played somebody, they've it's always been the because the, they always injured them. So. Yeah. Uh, but Will Howard, he knows his team. He as when he played TCU, he struggled. This one, he bounces back. Give me the Wildcats of Kansas State. Not so fast, my friend. Give me, give me the Horn Frogs. I do think they're better. I don't believe I. I don't think TCU is better, in my opinion. And the fact, I think K State will give they'll give him a challenge. Deuce Vaughn's a good running back. He's one of the best in the Big Twelve. Other than Bijan, I mean, it's, but I just think TCU's better. Max Duggan, just the team in general, has played better. They and big part of it, TCU did beat K State. They did have to come back, but they lost because Kansas State lost because they didn't have Adrian Martinez. Well, and, I, and they also blew it. So well, also, Will Howard didn't wasn't having a lot of playing time, and he didn't. Didn't, he, I, I I'm just not a big struggled. fan. I know he struggled, but he's been balling off. So watch for him to come out. I do think TCU is going to win. I'm, I'm going to go, and they get into the uh, the college football playoff. I'm going to go with Dylan here. I'm picking TCU. TCU has just been on a roll this season. You know, undefeated pretty much says it. They will continue that in a dominant win over K State. What you got, Charlie? So TCU can't go down 28 to 10 in this game like they did when these teams played earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, I don't think they will. And also, I mean, Kansas State, late in that game, had two turn or not late, but in the second half, and then one of them, I guess, was late. But they had two interceptions in that one, which kind of helped TCU in the end. But I think TCU just continues to, you know, they just continue to find ways to win games. I've picked picked against them multiple times this year. I'm not going to do it this weekend. I think they'll finish the year undefeated and get in as the number three team. I just think they've shown that they're a top-four team. I, I mean, they just, you know, good teams find ways to win, and that's what they've done, so give me TCU. Okay. This one will be quick. The MAC Championship hosted at Ford Field, Ohio, Toledo. <laughs> we got Anthony. <laughs> uh, I just want I wish, I don't know, my tabs aren't loading up here, but I don't know, who's the better team in this one? Toledo's favored on the FPI, what are the and they're favored on one and a half. Seven and five Toledo, nine and three Ohio. Okay, so it I'm looks gonna... it looks like I don't know Toledo. Say... It's more dependent. Actually, they're not even that. Okay, good. so <laughs> I'm just gonna be looking off your computer here. I mean, Ohio defense I mean, is better. Bo- both these teams have been playing in very close games. I mean, Toledo points per game 33 points allowed 27. Ohio 34 and 29. Uh, but Toledo's defense is better. Stat-wise, but Ohio's offense. I think Ohio does, Ohio has played better teams, and even they're sitting at nine and three in the seven and one, trying to figure out who their one conference loss Ooh, is. Toledo losing to Western Michigan. That's yeah, I think Toledo has lost three of his last five, so I'm going to go with the Bobcats of Ohio. Yeah, I'm going to go down the same road. I'm going to take uh, the Bobcats. Um, let's just say Toledo lost the Bowling Green by seven. But Bowling Green lost to Ohio, thirty-eight to fourteen. 
I think Ohio is the better team. Just stats-wise, they just look better. Their quarterback is having a good year, 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, and only four interceptions on the year. And rushing-wise, their running back has 80 or 884 yards with 11 touchdowns. It's pretty good, in my opinion. So, yeah, give me the Bobcats. They just look the better team, and obviously it's because they're 9-3 and three and 7-1 and one in conference. So I'm taking Ohio. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, I would go Toledo here, but I just don't think that they're playing well right now. I mean, didn't play well, looks like, the last two weeks. Ohio hasn't lost since, like, September. So I'll go with Ohio as well, I guess. Uh, I mean, to me, they look like they, they've been the best team in the conference all year. So it, I guess I expect them to show out again this week, win the conference. Fine, ironic. We've all picked the same, except for on the last one you took K-State. Remember... Last week, the very first game, you all picked Ole Miss, and I picked Mississippi State. What happened? Mississippi State won, but I also picked Louisville, and you all picked Kentucky. But also, I took Oregon State, and all y'all took Oregon, and I got that. There's been chances. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It's not the first time it's happened this year. But there's been chances where one of us picked a team, and that happens. And they all pick the rest. And but the MAC is so hard to pick. So I mean, I I guess I get it. I hey, see but it, we'll so. see. And the in the Big Twelve. Hey, it's too, conference so. championship. There's nothing to lose, pretty much here. So, um, all right. All right so here the we next go. Sun Belt. Sun Belt. <laughs> Where's Georgia Southern? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all thought James Madison would be in this, but they played too many uh, FCS opponents. They only played four FBS opponents. So, or like in conference play. So. I don't know what it was. it was. Something weird. Someone was telling me about it that they're just ineligible to go in. So they have to have seven wins over uh, FBS opponents. They only have six. So, yeah. Uh, so Troy goes against Coastal Carolina. <laughs> we got Anthony. Big Coastal Carolina last week. They absolutely embarrassed me. Uh, Ouch. Are you gonna Are you gonna pick them again? I'm not. I mean that that big loss is. I don't know. I can't even say it. And we're—I remember when game day was at Appalachian State and Troy. You, Charlie, you said that Troy was a good team. Then sitting at ten and two and seven and one in conference play. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Well, look at so, who they. Well, they lost that game on a ridiculous hail mary, and they lost to Ole Miss the first game of the year. Yeah, so they're looking pretty good. I mean, Coastal, whatever. I mean, ouch, that defense. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's pretty they, bad. They're not that good. So give me another Trojan of Troy. Yeah, uh, let's just say Grayson McCall is not having that bad of a year, but it's also not that good. Only 2,300 yards and 21 touchdowns and one interception, which is not awful. But running hasn't been that great either. Only 620, uh, 672 yards and four touchdowns. So, I mean, give me give me Troy. They're just better. I'm Kevin, going. I'm not done. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm, that was really mean. Uh Troy ten and two, seven and one in conference. Only lost to Appalachian State because of a stupid hail mary. Well, it wasn't well, too bad for you guys because yeah, you did. all picked up State and I took Troy. Yeah, but hey, I'll take the point. I can't take Coastal after they got embarrassed by James Madison, forty-seven to seven. That's terrible. And I do think Troy's going to cover eight and a half. So give me Troy. Give me Coastal Carolina. What do you got, Charlie? Troy all the way. I've liked them all year. Uh, We've only picked one of their games, I want to say, and it was that one against App State. Should have won that game, unfortunately. Just crazy, crazy day that that day uh, over at uh, App State. But I, I think Troy has shown that they're the best team in the conference all year, uh, just from the start of the year. 
lost to Ole Miss, but give, give me Troy to win the Sun Belt. Okay. Next one. This is we're out of these like little conferences for a little bit. Yeah, SEC championship. Number fourteen LSU who Yeah, oh LSU. Boy. Oh boy. Versus number one Georgia. Who you got, Anthony? I mean, even if this was gonna be a competitive game, there's no doubt in my mind Georgia would win this one. I mean, they're the best team in the country for a reason. They've been at the top two all year long, so give me the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh Georgia, big. Seventeen and a half. They're gonna win by a lot. I don't I'm not saying LSU's not good. I mean nine and three is alright, but the fact that they're representing that division, it's nuts to me. Well, I know they beat, they beat Alabama. I guess that's what you get for beating Bama, but seventeen and a half is plenty fair for this for Georgia. So I I think Georgia's so gonna win big. This will be a different game if LSU beat Texas A and M. How do you lose the A and M? That's the, this that's will be the poten- thing. This will be a top five matchup, and, and it wasn't even that close. So fifteen. Also, we didn't even talk about A and M firing their OC that doesn't even call the plays. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. nice job, Jimbo. And Georgia's averaging almost 500 yards a game on offense, and that defense has done pretty well. So, and I can't, I can't pick against number one Georgia. They've just been the better team all year. So, yeah, I'm taking Georgia. Their offense is just explains itself. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, going with Georgia as well. Uh, I think with a good win there shouldn't be any way Michigan can jump them even if they have a good win as well over Purdue we'll pick that in just a minute but give me Georgia best team in the country in my eyes uh like him to win the SEC here uh, I guess not once again because they didn't win it last year but like him to win it this year all right the American Athletic Conference Championship number 19 Tulane is hosting UCF at their home stadium or Tulane at their home stadium because they don't have a site to play at. so. <laughs> oh, boy, only only the AAC. But I think both these teams, didn't they play each other early in the year? They did. They did. And, I remember because UCF picked UCF, and, and I'm they gonna, won. I'm going to do that again. I'm going to pick UCF at Tulane. I mean, they had that. I mean, UCF did not play good against uh, Navy, having a three-point loss there in Tulane. You know, only but Navy the week before almost beat Notre Dame so this whole switcher they came back so it's hard to prepare for a uh, academy team so I mean but Tulane yeah I mean they've they've shown that they're a good team all year but I think with I don't know if they can get revenge it helps that they're at their own home team but I'm going with UCF actually in fact this game was no this game was played no this game was played at Yulman uh, earlier this year so Toledo just gets, or not Toledo, Tulane just gets to play UCF again at their home stadium, but I'm gonna stay with I'm gonna I'm gonna take UCF. I do, th- I think they're better. Sure, they almost blew the game against USF, but I do think UCF's better. John Reese Plumley is a good quarterback. I don't care that he's the only. He's, he's their the leading. Re- he's their leading rusher too. On on top of it, he's their only offense. Yeah, and honestly, two. Tulane, they're good, but I'm I've just not been very high on them. So uh yeah, just take me just give me UCF. I'm taking Tulane. I'm gonna ride the Green Wave hype train for this one. I don't know. I just it's Tulane's time to shine, I think. 
What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Tulane. I think that they'll avenge the loss uh, from last, uh, from earlier in the year. That you know, both teams have good wins. I think Tulane that was kind of an impressive win. I would say going on the road to Cincinnati. I didn't realize Cincinnati was ranked uh, this past week 24, but they were. Uh, you know, that's still a good win to go on the road there. It's always you know, it's a road game, but I think it was a it was a competitive game. First time these two teams played, UCF won by seven. But this one's still at home. I think uh, Tulane wins wins the conference. You know, right. It's oh. just it's just interesting that the first time these two teams because it's like the same setting, right? Tulane at home, both ranked. It's pretty much the same setting as the game before, isn't it? What this game, the UCF Tulane, is in like the same as it was before, like both ranked at Tulane. Yep. Yeah. I say, and it's funny of how. First time you go UCF, the second time you pick Tulane. Yeah, I just, think another another thing. Yeah, so when I think about this this uh, type of situation, I think Utah and USC. It's kind of like that. I think both uh, both. I, I like when teams avenge losses. I think they play with that edge after losing earlier in the year. I mean Tulane, they've only lost one other game. I forget who it was against, but uh, and they beat K State, I guess, for sure too. So yeah, they they went on K-State's the road. Top I mean, ten. I just think. Yeah, there's just something about teams winning earlier or losing the teams earlier in the year that just kind of makes me want to pick them later. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens in the game. You could argue UCF's the better team. Just hard to beat a team twice, so I'll go with Tulane this time. Okay. All right. I swear these two teams play in this conference championship every freaking year. Fresno State, Boise State for the Mountain West. We got Anthony. Uh, it's no contest. Give me the Broncos of Boise State. I mean, they've been... They're doing pretty good. Fresno State right now is sitting at an eight and four record, seven and one in conference play. But yeah, Boise undefeated say, in conference. But play. Boise, that defense has been playing. Uh, they've been playing pretty well, only having two hundred eighty four uh, yards allowed. But that Boise offense is looking pretty good. Uh, say they shut out Wyoming. Fresno State <laughs> did. <laughs> but you know, I can't I can't go against the Broncos here. They've been playing pretty well. Could have beaten BYU earlier, but, I mean, they've been blowing out teams except for Wyoming. They've only won by three. But it, was at, it was in Laramie. So. It was at Wyoming. So, But, yeah, give me the Boise State Broncos. Uh, this is going to be a high-scoring game, in my opinion. I feel like these games are some a lot of times high-scoring. And, to be honest, I don't watch Mountain West football <laughs> most of the time. Uh, but... Like I said, I feel like these two teams face off against each other every single year for this conference, and I think Boise State is going to come out on top. I do think they're better. Fresno State, they have Hayner. Um, he's pretty good. He had a good year last year, including that upset win over uh, UCLA, but um, it's not last year. It's this year. Um, and he's honestly just not been as good. They also they're doing a lot more rushing from what I've seen here. But I do think Boise State's better, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Broncos because of that defense. It's better than uh, Fresno State. So. I'm also gonna take Boise State. What do you think, Charlie? Well, I think this is gonna be a close game. Uh, Fresno State, ever since they got Jay Kaner back, has been good. Uh, they've looked much better. Remember, first time these two teams played, he wasn't even playing. Uh, so I mean I'm I'm gonna take Fresno State. I mean I I've watched Wyoming play both these teams the last two weeks and Fresno State looked a lot better than Boise State. Uh, when I as I was watching, Jake Hayner was throwing the ball around. I think he's gonna 
cause some problems for that uh, Broncos defense. So give me Fresno State to go on the road. Another uh, team that I think will avenge an early loss. And you look at kind of Fresno, yeah, they have four losses, but look at who they're against. Oregon State, U- USC had a loss to U- – UConn's bowl eligible, though. They're not yeah. as bad as usual. Yeah, but that, they're, they're like, what, 6-6 six and six now, UConn? Are they? I don't. I don't no, know. Just, I know they're better than you. I mean, they went what two and ten or something last year. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know, Jim Mora. They're not terrible losses. Uh, and then Boise State again. Yeah, I just I think Fresno State's the better team with Jake Hayner at quarterback. Of course, you know him going down early in the year. I think is could be. I forgot about that. A problem. Yeah. I mean, going going down could be what I guess you could say led to this game being at Boise State again. You could argue that at least. So. Give me Fresno State in this one. I'm sure they'll have some motivation as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big Ten Championship. Purdue came out of the Big Ten West at, thanks to Nebraska upsetting Iowa. Screwing them. Got to love that. They are taking – they have no easy task for a Big Ten Championship. They have to go against number two Michigan, who came off a dominating victory over Ohio State, shocking a lot of people. So, who you got? Big time. No question. You have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Michigan, all right? Uh, They have been the solid team all year long, and in my mind, they could be the number one team. Yeah, I had to do a Mex Kellerman impression, okay? But they've been the—I think they could be the number one team, honestly, if they— if Georgia somehow struggles against LSU or— I just got what you're trying to get there. That makes sense now. About what? Oh, the Max Kellerman stuff. <laughs> I just figured that out. <laughs> but uh, they could be the number one team in the country. You know, I mean, I was like I said earlier in the show that I was telling my mom they could be number one for how bad they beat Michigan, and they really. Ha- I mean, Maryland, yeah, was the closest game they played all year, and that was what a seven point victory or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Illinois, Maryland's Illinois, not that bad. Oh, Illinois, Illinois, is Illinois, Illinois was a two point, but Illinois is not a bad team either. So no, I mean. That was a really good defense they were playing, too. That was just a defensive battle as well. So give me the Michigan Wolverines. Big. I'm going over 20 in this one. Okay. Uh, This is not close. Give me Michigan. I'm not going to take Purdue. Just based off their Purdue's defense isn't as good. I'm going to take this as a Husker fan. Watching that game against Nebraska, they should not – Purdue should not have won that game, in my opinion. Their defense is the reason – why Nebraska probably should have won. They they they're just not their defense is not good enough to keep up with that high powered Michigan offense. And also Michigan's defense is just gonna shut down Aiden O'Connell. I don't care what people think. JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum if he plays, and Ronnie Bell will take Michigan to the promised land and get into the college football playoff. Give me Michigan big. I don't last year. I don't think this will even be a game by the time the second half comes around i'm taking michigan this game will be a blowout what do you think charlie yeah i think michigan's going to show everyone why the big 10 west was so close this year and how there were like five teams at a certain point that's why they're so bad we could see winning yeah i don't think it'll be if you put nebraska in the big 10 champ in the big 10 west conversation when we weren't good is probably why the big 10 west is not good it was, yeah, we didn't know who was going to win it. I think that just kind of shows, yeah, I mean, we didn't know who was going to win the East, I guess, either, because Michigan and Ohio State, but we, knew what, both, favorites. we know what both those teams are about. I'm taking Michigan, uh, keep the undefeated season, go, or finish the regular season, or I guess they already did finish the regular season undefeated. 
win start the, the postseason, and then go in to the college football playoff undefeated. And it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't see if Georgia puts to, puts uh, makes you know makes a statement, big win. I don't see how Michigan can jump them, but you never know if they beat Purdue by forty. Maybe Georgia wins by two touchdowns. Who knows what could happen? Who knows how close? I, I didn't even listen to the committee talk. Maybe if Reese Davis or someone asked him how close those two teams are. But, yeah, I mean, I guess if they have a shot to get to one, maybe uh, that, that that's a possibility. But I like them definitely to win this game. So give me Michigan. Okay. This game really does not matter, in my opinion. <laughs> it really shows when the um, – when uh, College Game Day is not going to this game. ACC Championship, number 9 Clemson, number 23 North Carolina. For some reason, I feel like this game is going to be close, but go ahead, Anthony. Say Clemson's defense isn't as good as years past. I mean, yeah, it, it, depends, it depends on what DJ you get. Is it the one that can play phenomenal? I think he, there's a team earlier in the year that they needed a win, and they played very good, and he's shown up. But there's also other times where he's throwing for like eight for twenty for only like seventy yards, putting up Russell Last week. <laughs> putting up Russell Wilson numbers. But um seven picks on the year. I mean, this was a guy who was actually the number one recruit in the country uh, a few years back and Drake May, um, uh, maybe it was a Heisman finalist, but not so good. I mean, they lost in North Car- North Carolina State and then also Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. So North Carolina's really struggling right here. Give me the Tigers of Clemson. I think they defend that title for who knows they've had that. So since Florida State won it last time, so in like what twenty thirteen? Yeah. So give me Clemson probably. Yeah, it was twenty fourteen. Um, yeah, I yeah, think I may have I may have misheard your. Did you you say to defend the title or wait? What did you say about like, Clemson? Like the conference championship. I might have said to defend the title, but like they've had that conference championship in who knows how long. So. so how they've had it for so many years. Yeah, they've won it. Pitt, Pitt won. Uh, oh, I guess last year. I forgot oh, yeah, about yeah. that. I, I literally forget about last year all the time. <laughs> Kenny Pickett with the fake slide. <laughs> against the, Wake Forest. Against Wake, yeah. <laughs> wow. I forgot that was last year. Yeah. I felt like 2020 <laughs> vibes, in my opinion. All right. Um, This game, this is just disgusting. <laughs> I hate I hate I think Clemson's gonna win because North Carolina's defense is garbage. Four hundred and forty two yards a game they're allowing. That's almost we're getting pretty close to the amount of yards they're getting a game on offense they're allowing on defense. Their defense has been the biggest problem. Garbage, 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 garbage. You lose to a not very good NC State team, you lose to Georgia Tech who has who fired their coach this year, and you lose and you even put up that many points. That's you can't do that. But on Clemson, how do you lose to South Carolina? Again, I know they beat Tennessee, but that was with Tennessee. That was, with, that's that, without Hennon Hooker. That was at Death Valley, too. And it was at home. You had 40 wins in a row at home. You haven't lost to an ACC team until South Carolina since 2016 when you lost to Nathan Peterman and James Conner against Pitt in 2016. So both these teams should not be happy. And they're they're just not good. <laughs> I don't care that Clemson's ten and two. Uh, so I think Clemson's going to win. They're just better. It, it, they'll somehow get a New York Six Bowl, which is dumb. But they'll probably just lose it anyways. So give me Clemson. 
I'm also taking Clemson. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, I'll go with Clemson as well. Both teams haven't been playing well lately, but I guess in this game, North Carolina just hasn't really shown anything, I don't think, this year. They, at one point we were saying, how is this team you know, in the top 15? But, yeah, I, I'll go with Clemson as well. Just I think they're, I guess they're the best team in this conference. Uh, tough, tough to say maybe, but I'll, I'll go with the Tigers in this. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that was the pick Sorry, <laughs> listeners, I did my little rant on Clemson being terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, it's whatever. I, I think you have to say that they're the best team in the ACC right well, now. Well, it's not even – I mean, it's, Florida State would be next, but Clemson beat Florida State, so. That's true. I, I actually forgot. Yeah, that's interesting. Are they – how many losses – because they lost – they had a, kind of a tough stretch in the middle of the season. They, they lost – because they lost to Clemson, the Wake, and then uh, NC State. I think yeah. that was, oh, yeah. that, was that little. They're in Clemson's Clemson's uh, division. Even if they weren't, though, North Carolina's got a better division record, uh, better record in the uh, conference. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. I think I think Florida State is actually close to Clemson, in my opinion. But yeah. uh, in this matchup, I don't think it'll be close. I think Clemson's clearly the better team. Yeah, only because North Carolina's defense is garbage. So. But, yep, that's the pick Uh Tune in next week to see who's in first because it's been back and forth the past few weeks. So, yeah, I'll hand it over to Anthony to close it out. All righty. So this concludes the episode of The Last Take. Uh, since conference championships, next week we will have a, an, another episode next week uh, to do the Capital One Bowl Mania. That one will be— Bowl games come out on December 4th. That will so. be just bowl games. So We're going to pick Army-Navy too, right? Oh, yeah, we'll do that as yeah. well. So Yeah. That will be, be added. That will yeah. be included as well. So we will not forget that as well. We will also, we've will we also been trying to discuss what to do uh, about—there's been talks about basketball, so we'll We'll, have, we'll get into that probably. Say, but so. we'll get into that. So this concludes the— Episode last take, so signing off for Charlie, Mark, Dylan, and Anthony. Have a good rest of your day, and we'll continue on to the next one. Go Big Red.